Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter in Season 3, Episode 6. It's a WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Now if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. So we still have the Perth Glory men. Uh, they, of course, are not playing due to the World Cup uh, starting actually just overnight recently. Uh, but we had a lot of other teams returning. The Perth Wildcats, uh, they're returning. Uh, the Lynx, they hit the court midweek. And most importantly, and we're starting off with them, our Perth Glory women began their season, uh, the Liberty Cup. So we're going to dive in straight away and let's talk a little bit of Perth Glory women. A few minutes and see how she feels. Well, she may get tested out here. Lowry on to Hinson and scores for Perth Glory. She takes advantage of an injured Keely Richards and grabs her third of the season in just four matches. And that's a beautiful turn onto her left foot. She doesn't even have to look up. She knows where the goal is, and that is tucked away so neatly at the near post. And it's Perth and Canberra 1-1. There were some question marks over the Canberra goal. And now it's Lisa Devanna going one-on-one. And she can't beat Richards this time, who is seriously struggling. Yes, it is exciting time. Uh, the women have hit the pitch. But just before we get onto the pitch, just some quick off-pitch news. Uh, with the Perth Glory, they have secured a two-year partnership with Australia's leading equipment hire and solutions provider, Coates. Uh, so the Coates logo will feature on the back of the home and away shorts for the 2022-23 and the 23-24 women's campaigns, along with a variety of signage at Glory Home Games. So well played to the women and well played and... Congratulations on joining the Perth Glory women, Coates Hire. Uh, just a little bit of history in the lead-up to the game on the weekend uh, in regards to their opener that the Perth Glory had. And unfortunately, it wasn't good history because of the previous 23 clashes that they've had with the women in green in Canberra United. They've only won two of those encountered encounters with none of the victories coming in Canberra. Then there's the goals. There were 93 goals scored across t- across 23 games and an average of 4.04 goals across 90 minutes with a host of crazy scorelines including consecutive 4-all draws, 2-3-all draws, a 5-1 game and a 7-2 as well. So suffice to say, uh, the defence is not at its premium from both these teams but the Perth Glory women, they do not go well at Canberra. Uh, and especially when they play away. So, to the matter and the game at hand, they did manage to come away with a two-all draw. Not a bad way to start the season at all, I think so. Uh, After conceding in the 12th minute, they equalised with a header in the 35th through Liz Anton, and then they went back down 2-1 before half-time, only to have the will to keep fighting with a superb cutback pass from... Cyan Hinson to debutant and import Lindsay Coleman bringing them back to level pegging in the 64th minute. <clears throat> and Perth actually controlled most of the ball, having 56% possession. But despite this, they had six less goal attempts, seven less shots on goal, but did have 15 more attacks. So they just failed to really truly capitalize with the ball and turn into scoring opportunities. So a 
to be honest, a really, really good result given the fact they got a two-all draw against a team that they do not hunt very well with at all. And they came back from not only 1-0 down, but also 2-1 down as well. So they came back two times. That shows guts, toughness, and tenacity. And I like it. I think they'll start off in a positive fashion. And I'll be interested to see how they go when they next play Adelaide on Sunday at the newly revamped and updated Macedonia Park. So ladies and gentlemen, Perth Glory fans, get down to Macedonia Park on Sunday. Cheer on our Glory women and let's see what they do and show us uh, when they're home because Lord knows they have not been home very often. In fact, they actually played uh, their opening home game at Macedonia Park last season, but then they were on the road for the rest of them. So it'd be good that they'll get back to a bit of a regular fixture. So we'll leave it there for the glory. Pretty good start. I like the fact that they're getting away points or an away point from their first game. But now let's move into the Red Army. Let's get to the hard court and let's talk a little bit of Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss. Listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cot and building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. In absolutely great just terrific news and news that the club needed because they have been through the ringer over the last, I want to say, two weeks, not only for on-field, uh, on-court action, should I say, but also off-court action too. But club legend and stalwart, and here's these stats, 380 games. Four NBL championships, six-time Gordon Ellis medalist as the Perth Wildcats' best and fairest, two times All NBL first team, three times All NBL second team, and he was selected in the Wildcats' 40th anniversary team only a couple of years ago. The great man, and we we do use great man quite a bit here, but if it ever was appropriate and an apt, it's now the great man Sean Redditch. His jersey is going to be retired, hanging up in the rafters at RAC Arena alongside those absolute legends and greats that are already up there. And it's actually going to be the first time in 15 years that this is going to happen. And it will be unveiled, uh, I think, is pretty much on his 42nd birthday because he was number 42, Sean Redditch, and it's going to be on Jan 20 when they play the Sydney Kings. And uh, coincidentally enough, I'm actually going to that game. So suffice to say, one happy camper over here. But let's get into the Southeast Melbourne game. Let's head on the court. And going into the Southeast Melbourne game, they'd actually never lost four in a row at the arena, but we're currently on a three-game losing streak there, and they've lost the rebound count by an average of 10 in their last five RAC games. So that certainly was going to be a key. Now they made it back-to-back -back wins after a triumph on Friday night up against the Phoenix, 103-96. to It came on the back of 32 points from BC Bryce Cotton. He's having a superb season. And to be honest, he's actually quietly going under the radar, which is hard to say for a man that has done so much in this league over the last five years. But... Back-to-back -back terrific games from Brady Manick. 21 points, 5 rebounds, 5 of 7 from 3-point land. He's getting his stroke, and he's finally living up to the hype. I just hope that he can keep it running and keep it going. 
Now, the damage for the most part was done in the first half. Uh, the Cats restricted the Phoenix to 14 points in the second quarter and only 35 for the first half, where the Cats put on 28 points in that second term. That was really where, where they sort of made it count and made them hurt. And despite South East Melbourne making a run in the last, winning it by nine, the damage was done early, and the damage was, was done mainly in the second term. Uh, they shot at 40% from the three-point land, the Perth Wildcats, and 95% from the three-through. But for mine, in an alarming sign, uh, the Perth Wildcats did concede 25 fouls that allowed South East Melbourne to get to the line 37 times. But due to a 68% shooting accuracy from the line, they didn't allow South East Melbourne to capitalise on it and you could say that was probably the difference or could have been the difference between a win and a loss. So yeah, a bit of an alarming sign and a little bit worrying and worried there. But hey, they got the win. They won by seven points and you'll take it. Uh, they did only have, excuse me, one game for the week. Uh, their next game will be yet another Thursday night fixture. Uh, they will be playing Adelaide this Thursday. And it's going to be at 6.30pm, as it normally is. But hopefully, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that this is one of the last Thursday night fixtures. I think they've got a Sunday one coming up, but then they get back to either Friday nights uh, or Saturday night basketball, which is what they needed. So, two wins on the trot. Um, you know... It's what you want. You want to be winning. Uh, they certainly were under the pump and had been under the pump. And in uh, in in a sign that uh, Craig Hutchinson and the SEG, the Sports Entertainment Group, are listening, they have gone back to playing We Will Rock You uh, for the opening song, and you only sit down where the Wildcats first score, and they are also gone back to playing the Joker and the Thief uh, at the start of the fourth quarter. So just those little things that the fans didn't like, they voiced their opinion, and SEG, they listened. So you have to give them credit there. They didn't just continue changing and not listening to the fans. They listened to the fans and they put them first. So I like it. They're on the right track and I'm looking forward to getting to a game this season. But we're going to leave it there for the Cats. And let's move on to the pitch and talk a bit of Western Warriors. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, they've been the best team in Australia this year. They've We're heading all, three all the way back to last Wednesday in, in the their Marsh One Day Cup there. game up against Sean South Marsh Australia. Their undefeated streak went on Madrid the line. Uh, they were able to restrict South Australia to 266. Uh, with the wickets well spread between the bowlers, but the pick of them was Joel Paris. Uh, he had one for 36 from his 10 overs at an economy rate of 3.6. So just terrific there. AJ Tyre, he also had a day out, not only taking two wickets, but he overtook Kate Harvey as the new WA leading wicket taker in one day domestic cricket. So congratulations to you, AJ Tyre. You've got the record now. But he not only did that, he also finished off the innings with a six in what were the winning runs for the match. Now, to start the chase, Josh Phillippe absolutely picked up from where he left off. He hit 55 from 61, and he had a lovely opening stand with Darcy Short of 65 runs before they lost their first wicket. But the player of the match and the anchor of the innings was Josh Inglis and his 85 from 70. And despite getting to four for 220th, 
4 for 220 in the 38th over. They had some nervy moments, losing 4 for 34 were after uh, Joel Paris and AJ Ty saw them home. Now, they still sit top of the table being undefeated. They sit on 21 points, 8 ahead, and 2 wins of 2nd place South Australia. So they're in a really, really great spot at the moment. And for the Warriors, uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure, 99% sure, but let's just go to good old reliable flash score, and let's see what they've got ahead of themselves. I'm quite confident that they've got a Sheffield Shield match which will actually be starting tomorrow. So they will be playing New South Wales away at 7.30. So a very, very tough, tough challenge indeed that they've got ahead of themselves. And uh, we, we're just going to find out if it's if the good old SCG is going to be a spinning deck or if it's going to throw up something different altogether. But the Warriors, they're doing exactly what they should be doing. They're doing what everyone expects them to do. They're winning. They're winning well. They're sitting top of the table uh, in both of those forms, both the Sheffield Shield and uh, the one-day competition, and it's all sitting rosy, but you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You want to keep doing what you're doing, keep the momentum going, and uh, take that momentum into the Perth Scorchers season, which will be upon us very, very soon. But we're going to leave the Warriors, and let's go back to the basketball court, and let's talk a bit of women's action. Let's talk some Perth Lynx. Avery on the crossover, the step back, and there's the three, lighting it up in her first game on Australian soil. The Perth Lynx timeout called. Adelaide need to have a chat about this. Ten to two Lynx. Down. Didn't miss one in practice in the warm-up, as I was watching earlier. Couldn't drain it. Ten-point Perth lead. What about the fine? Mabry in to Scherf for the basket. We're honoured that. And why shouldn't we be talking about a bit of Perth Lynx? Because they got back-to-back -back wins themselves in their Wednesday encounter up against Sydney Uni, 80-72. to And all on the back of the walking double-double with Lauren Scherf, she had 14 points, 13 rebounds. Chloe Bibby got 15 points, a scoring machine. And not far behind her, Amy Atwell, she also had 15 points and 6 rebounds. The result really came down to a dominant last turn, after actually being down by 1 point at 3 quarter time and winning the last term 27 to 18, but also trailing by eight points early in the final stanza. But enter import Robbie Ryan, who I will admit I've been a little bit unsure of after the first couple of games. Hadn't really done a lot. So I was a bit worried if uh, she's gonna be the right pick for us. But she had nine points, four assists, three bounds, three rebounds, and two steals in the last term alone to take over the game and push the team over the line. Uh, they shot 13 of 31 at 42% from three-point land, which is huge, uh, especially in the last term. I watched the highlights of it, and, uh, man, they could not miss from three-point land in that final term, and that was a key statistical win for them. They also had seven more assists uh, despite actually having five more turnovers. So for the most part, the game was up for grabs. Um, those other categories, they were quite even, really. And in particular, and coming back to that fourth quarter, they shot a mind-blowing Five of nine at 56% from the three-point land, and they had eight to one assists. So they just took it to another gear. And unfortunately, Sydney Uni, they just could not keep up with them. Uh, as I said, despite trailing by eight points early on. So that's the class, the scoring power, but also a bit of tenacity, resilience, and some growth from the Lynx. So because I tell you what, they did not start the season in fine form at all, getting absolutely whacked in their first two games. 
but they did, however, jump up to fifth. They do have one game ahead of first to third, and they now take a two-week break before returning to face, well, the Melbourne Boomers on December 2 at Bendat Basketball Centre after they were absolutely shown a lesson by the Boomers the last time that they played them. So I'm sure that they have circled that date and they are ready to uh, come out breathing fire because I tell you what, they're going to have to because at the moment they have not made a statement yet. Yes, they've got two wins. Uh, yes, they absolutely thumped the Bendigo spirit. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think they've got much to show for it. Um, so this this is a game that they should be circling. They should be gearing up. Have that two weeks off. Train absolutely resiliently. Uh, get your systems in place. Know where you should be running. Know where you should be shooting, passing, cutting, all that kind of stuff. And come out just ready to rock and roll. So I'm looking forward to see what they do. Of course, uh, we won't be touching base too much of the Perth Lynx next week, but of course the week after that, a great game. And uh, get down to the Bendat Basketball Centre on December 2. But we're going to leave the hard court and let's now move over to the ballpark and let's talk all things Perth Heat. It's a bit more important than someone's base hit. And here's a swing here for Glenn Denning. This one is back, and Robbie Glenn Denning swings away. It's a two-run shot, and the Perth Heat scoot ahead 2-0. So in their first game, because they were playing Melbourne away, so on the road, they had a 2-5 loss. And despite only being down 3-2 with those collective five runs coming in the seventh innings, it was Melbourne that hit, hit in two more in the eighth to put the game to bed, unfortunately. And all of this despite six scoreless innings on the mound from starter Gunnar Kynes. Now, in the second game, though, they bounced back nicely with a 6-3 win on the back of seven quality innings on the mound from Brock Gillian. Excuse me. A huge three-run homer from Ulrich Bojowski and two sensational catches from Pete Kuzma and Josh Reddick. Now, Game 3 got rained out on Saturday and restarted on Sunday, with Perth at that time actually 4-0 up in the second innings. But it didn't take long for Melbourne to turn the screws on them, with Perth conceding eight runs in innings four, five, and seven, and only adding two runs themselves in innings five and seven. Pete Kuzma and Josh Reddick did hit home runs in the game. So at that stage, they were down 2-1 in the series. And the final game, they succumbed to the strength and might of Melbourne. They went down 4-11. And it all unfolded where across the first three innings, they were down 5-1 and then conceded five more in the fourth with the game essentially being over then and there. And as a result of this, they lost the series 3-1, and they're now sitting equal fourth after two rounds of baseball. They next face Geelong Korea starting Thursday, and they'll be on the road yet again before returning early December for a home series. So not the way they would have liked to have start uh, their season on the road. Uh, of course, they got a great 3-1 win uh, at home, but uh, they had a 3-1 loss, so yeah. Back to sort of level pegging in a way, and we'll see what they can do uh, when they face Geelong Korea on the weekend, and we look forward to touching base with them then. So now, let's go back to the pitch, and let's talk a bit of Scorchers women. Handed shot, squirts out to the offside. It is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers, because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win, and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. They finished on top. Well, it's not good news for the Scorchers women, but uh, let's recap what happened uh, over Saturday and Sunday. 
they just couldn't get themselves back into the winning circle across the weekend, and finals is now off the cards for them. It started with a game up against the Stars on Saturday in an upset loss by six runs. They were just unable to reel in the 8 for 179 target that the Stars set for them, all despite a late a late sort of comeback from Alana King's 26 off 9. They did require 46 in the last three overs, which is a lot. But King smacked three sixes and one four, but her departure at the fifth ball, the pen- penultimate over, saw an end to the momentum they had going. Chloe Paparo's 34 of 27, Sophie Devine's 27, and Maddie Green's 24 of 20 were the significant contributions with the bat but they just kept on losing wickets throughout the innings and no one could go on and hit that big knock that they needed to chase down the total. And this all against this all against uh, Sydney equal bottom of the ladder, Melbourne Stars, going into the game. So again, another game that they should have won, should not have conceded 179 at all. And despite wanting to bounce back really quickly, the weather gods weren't playing ball, uh, coincidentally enough. Unfortunately, and with the game being affected and falling under the Duckworth Lewis system, they fell to bottom placed Melbourne Renegades. After being sent into bat, they got to two for 46, and that was revised. Uh, I think it was to the target was 56, and this was off eight overs. With Beth Mooney getting out for consecutive single digit scores, and despite Sophie Devine's 24 from 22. They needed more runs and less wickets before they went off and the target was put forward, which of course was the 56. Lily Mills did all she could on the bowling side. Uh, she took three wickets in her two overs. And whilst having the Renegades at 4 for 15, they just couldn't halt them, reaching the restricted target. And as a result, it's been confirmed that they missed the finals, despite having a better run rate than second place Brisbane and fourth place Adelaide. So it just was not, the, the season was just so stop, start, so stop start, they really just couldn't build momentum, even when they had the games at Lilac Hill, which was you know meant to be their saving grace, and uh, yeah, they got one win, one loss, and then another loss, and the, despite in patches, they played well when they were away, they just couldn't build a continuity, uh, which you just need, and you need to be hitting form at the right kind of time. So, you know, those two wins on the weekend would have just been superb going into the finals because they just needed to win one. Two would have been ideal, um, but, yeah, just left it too late. Now, going back to the Sydney Sixers game, that was one that got away. So, you know, that they had fate in their hands. They had a terrific squad and a terrific team, it certainly is one that they let slip. Um, you know whether you can keep going, whether Mooney, Divine, and uh, Maddie Green are all going to come back. I don't know. I hope that they do. They seem like a pretty tight knit unit, uh, a pretty tight family, and a tight team. So obviously that's all going to play out after, and when when you get to the signing out aspect of things, and we'll of course keep you posted on all of that. But yeah, it certainly was a season season let slip, an opportunity that got away from them, and uh, I think. I think they collectively would be probably pretty disappointed with themselves. Uh, I will give credit, though, that Sophie Devine came out straight away on social media and just, like, posted a 30-second video just saying how uh, how upset they were and that, uh, you know, it was, it, it was not how they wanted to have the season unfold. So we'll leave it there from the pitch for the Perth Scorchers for this season, uh, not how they wanted it to play out, not how the fans wanted it to play out, but hey, it doesn't always go your way, and uh, when you're champions, everyone is coming for you, and you just have to have lots of things fall in line, but not enough did. So we'll leave it there. Uh, let's now head to, of course, the uh, the turf, and we're talking all things Hockey 1 
but more specifically, all things the Perth Thundersticks. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag flick, in for the goal. Perth with a first. Harry Somerville with a trademark, brings it in. Perth the other way, crossing in. Good ball. Wickham's there. So there were Let's two big semis that our men's and women's teams were involved in on Saturday. And whilst one result went our way, the other one didn't. Now, let's start with the women. Whilst they lost the semi 1-0, late in the piece as well, might I add. They did fight all day, but they just didn't make the most of their scoring opportunities. However, they did bounce back on the Sunday to defeat Melbourne Hockey Club 3-0 to finish third overall in the season. Just a terrific effort from coach Phil Hubert and his squad after not making finals for a number of seasons. And in that playoff game, uh, on the Sunday in particular, they did all the damage early with goals for Penny Squibb, Georgina Dowd and Carrie Somerville, uh, all, all in the first half. The men, however, and on a high-scoring affair, in a high-scoring affair, should I say, they took care of Canberra Chill in the semi-final. Uh, 6-3 to advance all the way to the final on the Sunday. They banged on six unanswered goals, actually, across the first three terms, with Tom Wickham, uh, the hat-trick scoring star, also with goals from Will Battistessa, Brodie Foster, and Campbell Geddes. Unfortunately, the fairy tale was not to be for the WA team, with the men going down 2-0 in the final, all coming down to a stunning tomahawk strike and subsequent conversion from the Pride in the second term. And to be honest, uh, the Perth Thundersticks had a lot of the play. Like, they were dominating play, uh, not just it, probably in the first half, but probably at least in the third quarter as well. In the fourth, they weren't as attacking as what they needed to be. But in that first half, especially the first term, they were, were peppering and the ball was in. Uh, in, of course, New South Wales Pride's defensive half for a lot of that first term and a lot of the second. But, uh, hey, you've got to take your opportunities. And that reverse Tom, that Tomahawk strike was a sensational goal. You just can't snub the class that it was. And, of course, the conversion, that just doesn't help you to go two goals down in the space of a, uh, a couple of seconds, really. Uh, still, the men finished with silver and the women with bronze, it was a reasonably successful campaign in summary. So, well played, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you finish top two in the men's, top three in the women. And you'll take that. You know, obviously, you know, lots and lots of progress that has been made because we know that uh, the women in, in particular, they haven't had a lot of success. So, the fact they made the finals in the first place and were right in it up to their ears uh, in that semi-final, but uh, just didn't go their way. But well done to the Perth Under Six. Great season. Uh, we've loved having them on board. And uh, we look forward to touching base with them next season when Hockey One resumes. But for now, we're going to leave it there for the turf. Well, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. It is the end of Season 3, Episode 6. We're going to be saying goodbye to the Perth Scorchers women. Their season is finished, as is the Perth Thundersticks. But it's only just starting for the Perth Glory women, as is for the Perth Heat. So we'll touch base with all those with those other teams and, of course, many more uh, next weekend. But, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board. Thank you so much for uh, liking, subscribing, leaving a rating, and leaving a review, but also just listening in general. We look forward to touching base with all of our WA team on the domestic sporting scene next week. But from yours truly, Adam Bat, and all the team at Bat Banter, we're out for now. <laughs>